this morning uh, with a question, as I teased earlier. The question is this, what does the future look like? What does the future look like? So picture sort of Earth 2015. Earth 2015, and what inspire us for this question, I've got a couple of screenshots from this website called 2050.earth, so you can check it out very futuristic looking. This is a town in Japan, uh, and according to the artist's impression here, it looks like the future is very virtual and holographic, uh, maybe like Facebook on that. So that's one picture. Uh, next photo I have is actually of Singapore. So this is a photo artist's impression of what Singapore will look like. Uh, hands up, how many of you have actually been to Singapore? Uh, I know of at least one Singaporean here. Uh, well, many of you have been to Singapore. Very interesting. I chose this picture actually because this, the website doesn't have one of Sydney, Boom, or Malaysia where I'm from. So I thought, you know, Singapore, Malaysia, the same thing, right? It's the same thing. What sounds here? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, that's not the same. But, you know, Singapore, Malaysia, the closest thing to home. The picture here, as you look at it, I'm like, it kind of looks like Singapore as well. It's like it's a little bit tough. But also very futuristic. The last photo that I have. Uh, this one is from Kelly, uh, Chicago. Now, I don't know from what world is that Chicago, because according to this artist, I think Chicago is going to look up something out of the studio to be very, very, very cloudy there. Uh, anyway, why am I showing you all these photos? The point I'm trying to tell you is this. All of us, uh, whether we realize it or have a picture of the future, all of us have a picture of the future, whether we realize this or not. And how you think about the future affects who you are as a person now, today. How you think of the future affects who you are now, today. And more importantly, it affects the kind of person uh, you will be. My friends, I'm not God. I'm not a genius predictor. I can't tell what's the future. I don't know what Earth will look like in 2050 or what your vision, personally, of the future is like. Whether it's a bright, healthy future because you're young, healthy and rich, or whether it's more of a bleak and dark future because life doesn't seem to be doing so well. I don't know what the future looks like for you, the big picture of personally, but I do know this that the future that God promises for you in Christ Jesus is an awesome and glorious future. So don't, why don't we ask for God's help? As we take a glimpse into this future, there's still a glimpse here at one point. So please join me in No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for those who are saved. So, Father, by your Spirit, please give us this morning eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive the future you have prepared for us in Christ Jesus. All this we pray for this legacy. So coming along the last few, uh, coming in, you will have to see, sorry, this, this handout. Uh, inside there's an outline there that will be helpful for you to follow on the top uh, if you want to. Uh, but we're now at context, uh, looking at chapter 15, verse 15, the resurrection is impossible. Now, if you've been coming along the last few weeks, we would have been looking at 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, and just to bring us up to speed in case you've forgotten, I want to highlight one observation that will be helpful for today's passage. Now, Paul's concern in chapter 15 has always been undoubtedly about the resurrection. 
will highlight the nature of the resurrection, and specifically that the resurrection is a bodily resurrection. But I wonder if through all of that, you notice something, this sort of through line that Paul kind of highlights through. Um, even though he's been talking about the resurrection throughout, I think Paul, a very clear, uh, clever, cleverly, and suddenly orders sort of his argument based on his timeline. Right? Look at me. Verse 15, uh, verse 1 to 11 there. I saw what Jesus resurrection, but it's about the past. Jesus has risen from the dead. He has appeared to Paul and all the other apostles. Then we go to verse 12 to 34. There is a present issue. Is there the resurrection of the dead? But it's connected to the past of Jesus' resurrection. There is resurrection of the dead because he is from the grave. And then verse 35 to 49, last week, there's a continuation of the present issue, but this time with a connection to the future. How are the dead raised? With what kind of body? And Paul tells us the dead will be raised from perishable to imperishable in the future. And then finally, in today's passage, verse 50 to 58, we have obviously then the glimpse of the future itself. So read with me then in the Bible again, chapter 15, chapter 15, verse 15. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the imperishable inherit the imperishable. Paul's point here is simple. He recaps the whole argument of the chapter and the main conceptual argument against the resurrection. Put simply, the resurrection is impossible. It's impossible, right? The dead don't come from the, don't rise from the grave. And we think it's a little bit strange that after spending almost 50 verses trying to argue for the resurrection, Paul kind of contends and comes back and says that it's impossible. But friends, what is impossible with man is very clearly possible with God. And the genius of Paul is that in bringing up this impossibility again, he sets up for what comes next. Glorious glimpse into the future. So again, continue reading with me, verse 51 to 53. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, for we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall all be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. The past is history, the future is a mystery. But friends, let me tell you a mystery where that quote comes from. Because I've searched for the last week where that quote comes from, and I can't find it for the life of me find out. Google tells me that that quote, the past is history, features a mystery, comes from Master Ukraine in Kung Fu Panda. But I somehow, somehow I highly doubt that. Anyway, Paul tells us the future is a mystery. And he just mentioned here in verse 50, didn't he, that it's impossible for the perishable to put on the imperishable. But again, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And I think that is the mystery. That is, we can't ever fully comprehend this change that we shall all go through. It is a mystery. How we will put on this imperishable body how But it's a mystery in the sense that it is also revealed to us, it's uncovered for us, that we shall all be changed. The perishable shall put on the imperishable, and the mortal shall put on the 
awesome, but we shall all be changed. Interestingly here, I think the contrast is not sleep versus uh, change, but rather it's not all uh, versus all. And I think what Paul is saying here is that not all Christians will die. Cross-referencing again chapter 11 verse 30, where it talks about the Christians who have fallen asleep uh, in taking the communion. Uh, but we shall all be changed in an instant, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, very suddenly. Where the Christians who die are Christians who remain alive when Jesus, when Jesus returns. Either way, in Christ, dead or alive, we shall all At the last chapter, we must take We must put on this thing because, as Paul has said earlier in verse 50, flesh and blood, the perishable, cannot inherit God's kingdom or become the imperishable. Clearly, Paul doesn't end here in just looking at the future as a mystery, but he develops it rather as a victory. Uh, read with me again, verse 54 uh, and 57. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the same death written, Death is pulled up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But this is the imagery you see here are dripping with such deep meaning. And I cannot comment enough the value of just sitting and meditating on these verses even after today. If we're going to be the people who know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain, verse 58, I think one talk like this is never going to be enough. We're going to have to sit through these four verses for the rest of our life, even as we gaze into God's future. But today, I will just help us to meditate on three words. And the three words are this When death is swallowed up in victory, and go that where is your state. We'll start first with swallow death, swallow up in victory. What's the significance of this word swallow death, swallowed up in victory, that's taken from our Old Testament? I suspect it's found in this biblical concept of reversal, biblical concept of reversal. Now, I say the numbers 1 to 15, now that means nothing to me, because those are the odds that Liverpool beat Barcelona 4-0 in the Champions League semi-final back in 2019. Yes, so now I've heard and most of the ministers in St. Andrews uh, are kind of avid soccer fans, so I thought I would try to join in as well. Um, try to think in right, that's what, that's what you do as a school minister. Uh, but this is what I always say. I always tell people, I'm a retired Liverpool fan. What does it mean, a retired Liverpool fan? You have to talk to me over break to find out. Um, but I'm a retired Liverpool fan, and apparently the odds of Liverpool beating Barcelona, they were down to Neil. Right, they lost last to Barcelona in the previous game, 0 3, and somehow beat Barcelona 4 0. It's unexpected. May 7, 2019, right? And local fans will know that forever. It's etched in their memory forever. But anyway, if those are the odds, 1 to 50, right, or 2%, uh, the odds of reversal of victory, right? Snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, as we say that in English, uh, what are the odds of victory over death? How can that? 
Thank you. 